Today is Gittin Daf Mem Chesim, remember the bottom line on Mem Zayin Amin Beis, Ve'ozdu L'Tamayu. So yesterday at the end of the Daf, we had a machlekes between Rabbi Yochanan Veresh Lakish. If Kenyan HaPeris is Kekenyan HaGuftami or not. So what does that mean? If someone sells his field, but not the actual guf HaKarka, he doesn't sell the actual land, he sells the rights to the Peris for X amount of years. So the person who owns now the rights to all the Peris, that's called the Kenyan HaGuf. He has the, sorry, the Kenyan Peris. He has the Kenyan of the Peris. He has the rights to all the Peris. So is that considered like the Kenyan HaGuf? Parents kick Kenyan Haguftami or not? What would be the ramifications? Do we look at him as the real owner? Basically, who's the real owner? If he has the Kenyan Paris and he has the rights to the Paris, is he going to be considered the real owner of this property, at least for now, or not? So that was the Machlekes between Rabbi Yechon and Rish Lakish. Rabbi Yechon was of the opinion that Kenyan HaPeris, Kenyan HaGuftami, that Kenyan Paris is like the Kenyan HaGuf, and therefore, if you have the rights to the Paris, you are considered the owner of the property. Rish Lakish was of the opinion that Kenyan Paris love Kenyan HaGuftami, that really no. Whoever really owns the property is the one who owns the Guf HaKarka. If you only own the rights to the bears, that's not going to render you Kikinyan Aguft. I mean, it's not as if you're the real owner of the property. What are the Nafkaminas? We had a bunch, and we're about to see more. They go according to their own sheet. Today, tomorrow, was said like this. Someone who sells his field. At the time that Yoivel was still in practice. What's Yoivel? We know that Veshava Ishelachuzasai, and the land goes back, the land goes back to whoever sold the land. And therefore, what's important in our Sugya is that any sale that was done at the time that Yoivel was practiced was essentially only a sale of the Kenyan Paris, because in the end of the day, it's going to go back. And if you know, even if it's in a bunch of years, but if it's going to go back at the end of Yoivel, then you, all you own right now is the rights to the Paris for X amount of years. The Guf Hakarka belongs to the original family. The original owner who got it as, 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 part of the, as part of their Achuza from Yeshua ben Nun. But the point is, all you have is a Kenyan Paris. So at the time that Yoiva was nag, at that point, any field that was sold, even if it was sold 100%, it's only considered a Kenyan Paris. So you can see where it's going to chapa nafkamina if Kenyan Paris is considered a real Kenyan on the actual, like the actual property or not. Kenyan Paris, Kenyan Aguf or not. So if someone sells a field, the Mishnah said, and therefore any sale made is inherently only a Kenyan for the payers. So Rebbechanan says, he brings Bikurim and he reads the Psukim for the Bikurim, like a regular owner does. No, he brings Bikurim, but he cannot read the Psukim that the owner would. So what's Pshan, this Machlekes, the obvious that's because Rabbi Echanan holds that Kenyan pairs Kenyan Agof, and therefore he can read the Psukim because included in the Psukim he says the land that you gave me meaning I'm the owner so Rabbi Echanan who holds even though he only has the rights to the pairs of the property still Kenyan pairs is like the Kenyan Agof. it's like he's the real owner and therefore he could read these Psukim because it's a true statement when he says whereas Rishlakish that he brings me Kurim, but he doesn't read the Psukim that you're supposed to read by Bikurim. Why? Because he holds Kenyan Paris Lavke Kenyan Nagoftami. Because Kenyan Paris is Lavke Kenyan Nagoftami, and therefore, how could he read the Psukim that say, Adamashir Nasatali, if the land doesn't actually belong to him and all he has is the Kenyan Paris? And therefore, any land that's sold during Yoivo, so essentially, is only a Kenyan Paris. And therefore, it's going to fall on to the Machlekes between Rabbi Yechon and Reish Lakish. says the Gemara of Itzricha. I need Rabbi Yechon and Reish Lakish to show us they argue in both these cases. What cases? So, since this Sugiya started yesterday at the end of the Daf, they Mentioned the Machlekes, we mentioned the Rebbe and Rish Lakish argue in two cases. The case we started with today about Riyavel, and the case we had yesterday where we started the Sugiyah with about someone who sells his field, but he doesn't sell the actual Gofakarka, he only sells it Leperis. He sells the rights to the pairs in the field. And we have the same Machlekes in both cases. By the case yesterday, if someone stops, sells the rights to the pairs. So is, when he 
brings the Bikurim. Is he going to read the Pesukim or not? We had the same Achlekes. Rabbi Echanan says yes, because since he has the rights to the Paris, Kinin Aguf, Kinin Paris, Kinin Aguf Dami, Rishlokesh said no, because Kinin Paris is love, Kinin Aguf Dami, and therefore he can't say Adam Asher Nasatali as part of the Pesukim, and he's not going to be Koyre. Therefore, maybe the Enikar, whereas today we had the Machlekes about Yoivel, which is the same idea. Yoivel, any sale you make in Yoivel is inherently, even if you sell the whole property, inherently it's only a Kinin Paris because it's going to go back, and therefore you only bought it for a certain amount of time to use the Paris. The Guf Karka doesn't belong to you, and therefore we have the Masei Machlekes. Rabbi Yechonin is going to say that maybe Bikur, you're going to bring Bikurim and they're going to read the Pesukim because Kenyan Paris is kicking in a goat. And Rish Lakish says no. But either way, it's like Marvitz Richa. I need them to argue and I need to say both these cases that there's a Machlekes Rabbi Yechonin and Rish Lakish by both the case of Yaival and the case of the Paris. Because if I only said it in that case of the Peirais that we had yesterday, maybe only over there Rish Lakish said that the Kinyan Paris is lav kikinin aguf and it's not considered like you own the actual property. Because when you bought it, you literally only bought it for the Peirais. That was your whole das. When you went down to the sale and when you bought it, you only bought it specifically for the Peirais. Again, that case was a case where you sold only the rights to the Peirais. So he knew he was only buying the Peirais. And therefore, maybe Rish Lakish says specifically in that case where you know you're only buying the Peirais. And that's your das. So it's not going to be considered like you own the whole property. It's not going to be considered like a kin in a goat. But in this case of Yoivel, that he bought it with the das of buying the whole thing. It just happens to be that at the end of Yoivel, it's going to go back. But what did he buy? He bought the field. Include everything in the field. And usually that means also the kin in a goat. Technically now, since Yoivel is naik, it's not going to be the kin in a goat. You're right. But he bought the field as a regular kinyan, And therefore, over here, maybe over here, since he, in his das, he's buying the regular field. He's not only buying the kinyan of He's buying everything, and therefore, maybe he would be minded to Rabbi and then over here, it's a stronger Kenyan. And just, even though he only has the Kenyan pairs, because at the end of the day, it's going to go back in Yaibel, still, it might, maybe over here, it's Kenyan Naguf, and he would read the Psukim by Bikurim. That's why I need the Machlekes also over there. But if I only said the, the Machlekes over here by Yaibel, then maybe Tafko over here, Yaibel said his halacha that maybe Ukar is going to bring the Bikurim and he's going to read the Psukim. Why? Because again, same Svara, because Rebbe would say that over here in Dafka, it's more of a 100% a sale, even though you're right, it's going to go back for, for, by Yoivel and therefore it's not 100% uh, Kenyan Karka, it's only a Kenyan of the Perios inherently. Still, when he bought it, he bought the field, and therefore Adaita de Gufei Kanachas. He, gave, I'm, I'm, I'm reading from before in the Gemara, but Adaita de Gufei Kanachas. He, he came in with the dust to buy the whole field. Maybe that's what Rechanan says that we consider like he owns the whole thing of a Bahach. But in the other case, where he literally only bought the rights to the Paris, maybe over there, since all he did was buy the rights to the Paris, maybe he would actually be majoritary Shlakish over there that he can't read the Psukim that say Ah Damashar Nasatuli because another day it doesn't belong to him the Kenyanikov. Says the Gemara Tzricha that. That's why I need them to argue in both cases to say they hold their shita rock solid. Rebbe Echanan says Kinin Paris is Kikinin Agof 100%, doesn't matter what case, and therefore, as long as you have the Kinin Paris in any case, you're going to say the Psukim when you bring the Mikurim. Rishnakish says, no, Kinin Paris is not Kikinin Agof. And in any case where you don't own the Kinin Agof, you will not read the Psukim by Mikurim because you're not able to say Adama Asher Nasato Li because it's not your Adama. Says Gemara, Tashma. We're going to try to bring a riot to Rebbe Echanan that Kinin Paris is Kikinin Agof. We're going to try to bring a riot right now from a Mishnah in Bikurim. It sounds like this. Someone who buys a tree and the karka under it. So when you, when you buy one tree, it's not assumed that you're buying the karka also. But this guy does. And he buys the tree along with the karka under it. He brings 
Bikur, he brings the Bikurim and he reads the Psukim. Seems to be a writer because aren't we talking about Bismanche Yovel Noyak? Aren't we talking about when Yovel is around and therefore inherently anything you buy is only a Kenyan Paris and still he's going to read the Psukim? Says the no. It's not, it's not, it's not I can just tell you that this mission is talking about when Yovel doesn't exist and therefore when you bought it, it's, it's, a, it's a Kenyan Gomer and he owns Bain the Kenyan Paris, Bain the Kenyan Aguf, and therefore he's going to bring it and read the Psukim. But not because it's during Yovel. We're talking about a case where it's it's not during Evel, and therefore it's inherently a good Kenyan. It's a Kenyan Haguf as well, and that's why he's bringing, gonna bring, he's gonna read the Psukim when he brings the Bikurim. Says, I'm trying to bring you another Ayat Someone who buys two trees, not one, he buys two trees in his friend's field. He brings the Bikurim and he does not read the Psukim. Now, when you buy two trees and you didn't specifically buy the field, buy the land under it, so in that last case he bought one tree, but he also bought the land under it. And therefore, obviously, he had the Kenyan Karka, if we're talking about not during but the point is over here he's buying two trees but he didn't specifically buy the land under it so do you have the Kenyan karka or not so the din actually is when you only bought two trees and you didn't specifically buy the karka under it you do not have rights to the karka and therefore in this case that he bought two trees the karka and he did not buy the karka under it Allah is what the, the Mishnah says maybe he brings a bikurim but he does not read the pasukim why because he can't say if it doesn't belong to him. Well, what's the deal? If he buys three trees, where the din is that the karka under it comes, once you already buy three trees, so it's assumed you're getting the karka as well. And therefore, he has a kinin aguf in the karka. He owns it, and therefore, he's going to be mevig vigari. That's the, that's the deal. But what's the question? We're assuming, again, it's during Yoivel, and therefore, why is he being kairi if it's during Yoivel, and his whole kinin is only a kinin peris? Ah, it must be kinin peris, kinin aguf, like Rabbi Echanan says the Gemara. No. I'll tell you over here also, we're dealing with a case where Yoivel is not knowing. It's ready after Yoivel stopped being kept. And therefore, where every Kenyan is inherently also a Kenyan Aguf. Even if you bought the field, it's not going to go back during Yoivel. And therefore, it is a Kenyan Aguf. And that's why, as long as you own the Karka, and you've got three trees, and therefore you own the Karka, it's as if you have a Kenyan Aguf. And we don't have to fall into Rabbi Echanan that says Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf. Really, even if Kenyan Paris is not Kenyan Aguf, over here you actually have the Kenyan Aguf. And that's why you're going to be maybe Paris. And now that we know something Rav Chizda said, now we're giving a different answer to the two questions we brought on Reish Lakish. Really, rise to Rabbi or questions on Reish Lakish from these two Mishnahis. But the point is, now the Gemara is going to answer it differently. Before we just said, ah, isn't it talking about Yoevel? We said, no, it's not talking about, it's talking about after Yoevel. But now the Gemara is saying, once we know something from Rav Chizda, we can answer differently. The Hashtun, the Rav Chizda, and now that Rav Chizda said, Machlekes B'yoevel Sheini, Avu B'yoevel Rishin, Deberakal Mevi Vikare, that the whole Machlekes between Rabbi Echanan and Reish Lakish is B'yoevel Sheini. Meaning, after Klalis are already kept one Yoivel cycle. So after Yeshua came in, it was Manchil the land to Klal Yisrael. So that first Yoivel had a different din l'chayr than the other Yoivels that came after it. So the Rechizda says that the whole machlekes between Rebbe and Reish Lakish is B'yoivel Sheini, is after the first Yoivel already happened, and therefore people were used to it. They actually experienced one Yoivel, and they know that the land goes back at, the, at by Yoivel. But Avul B'yoivel Rishin, but by the Yoivel Rishin, meaning by the first one, when it, when it never actually happened yet in the times of Yeshua, everyone's going to agree that even if you only have the Kinyan Paris, even Reish Lakish is going to agree, that even if you only have the Kinyan Paris, or if you sold the field during that time, 
And we're going to tell you, ah, you only have Kenyan bears because you know by Yoivel it's going to go back and therefore really he has the Kenyan of No, even in that case, Rish Lakish is going to be Maskim, that by Yoivel Rishin, by the first Yoivel, before anyone experienced Yoivel actually kicking in and everything going back to its original owners, Yoivel Rishin, they were all called Mavikar. Everyone's going to agree, even Rish Lakish, even though it's a Kenyan bears, Rish Lakish is going to agree that you're going to be Mavikar. You're going to bring Bikurim and you're going to read the Psukim. Why? Because since Yoivel never happened yet, people aren't used to it. And they know that it's going to happen, but it's not like actually experiencing it. And therefore, since it never happened yet, they were akati loy samach datayu. They don't have their das there. They don't actually think, meaning they're not feeling the fact that it's actually going to go back. And therefore, when he buys a field from his friend, he actually thinks it belongs to him. And you're right, it's going to go back by Yoivo. And therefore, he only had his in Paris. But they never actually experienced that. It was only, Yoivo never actually happened yet. And therefore, akati loy samach datayu. It's interesting, Svara. But this is what Rav Chizda says. That even Rish Lakish is going to agree. The whole Machlaikas is after the first Yoivo already happened. But if we're talking about the first Yoivo, in that time, even Rish Lakish is going to agree that someone who sold this field to his friend, that one that bought it, even though technically you're right, it's only a kin in Paris because it's going to go back during Yoibel to go for Karka, still, even Rish Lakish is going to agree that he brings the Bikurim and he reads the Pesukim Adamashanasatali because he really feels it's his. And says the Gemara, once we have this idea from Rav Chizda, but hashtag Amar Rav Chizda, once we have Rav Chizda telling us that the whole Machlekes was only Be'ev Hashani, then I could answer these two Mishnahs you just brought as Kasha's on Rish Lakish like this, like Kasha, because it's not a Kasha, ha, Be'ev Rishain, those two Mishnahs that were very meduyik that you are going to be maybe Vikare, even if you just bought a piece of land, you're going to be maybe Vikare, and you're going to bring the Bikurim and read the Psukim, that's talking about Yoivar Rishain, we don't have to Answer like we said before that really it's talking about Bismansha in Yavel Nayag. It's talking about not during Yavel time, and therefore anything you buy is an actual 100% Akinian, and that's why everyone's going to agree, even Rish Lakish, that you're going to be maybe Vikar. No, we'll tell you it's even during Yavel. Aye, so what about Rish Lakish? Rish Lakish would say in this case, if it's during Yavel, then all you have is a Kenyan Paris, even if you bought it 100%, because it's going to go back in the end of the day by Yavel, and therefore all you have is a Kenyan Paris. So why is the Mishnah telling you that if you bought this piece of land, you're going to say the Psukim? Why would you say the Psukim if it's only a Kenyan Paris, according to Rish Lakish, who holds Kenyan Paris is Lavki, Kenyan Agov? So says the Gemara, once we have Rav Chizda, I'll tell you that it's not a problem. Ha! Those two Mishnahs that say that even if you bought the land during Yavel, we're assuming during Yovel now. We don't have to change it to not during Yovel because once Rav Chizda said this, we could say that it's even during Yovel. But why does the Mishnah say that you're going to be maybe the Kaira if you only have the Kenyan Paris? Because we're talking about Yovel Rishon. And Rav Chizda just told us that even Rishakash is going to be masking by Yovel Rishon. People aren't used to it. And therefore, even he's going to be masking if someone buys a field. During that time, the back in the day during Yovel Rishon, then he is also going to say the Psukim. And the whole Machlekes was after the Yovel Rishon once it already happened. And Hobi Yovel Shani, the Machlekes between Rishakash is only by Yovel meaning after the first Yavel already happened, when people realize that this is actually a thing and the land goes back, and therefore any Kenyan that's made and any field that's sold, if it's a time where Yavel is practiced, so it's going to go immediately back to the owner during Yavel, and therefore any sale is going to be inherently a Kenyan Paris, which Reish Lakish holds, is Lav Kenyan Agof, and therefore you're not able to say the Pesukim when you bring the Bikurim, because you can't say, Let's say that maybe this is a Machlekes Tanam. This Machlekes between Rebbech and Reish Lakish, early Amayram, Maybe it's actually a machlekes tanam whether kinyan na peris is kikinyan guftami or not. Where do we see that? Minayin the lekech sadamei aviv vehegdishos. The Mishnah says like this: How do we know this case that someone is lekech sadamei aviv? Someone who buys a field from his father vehegdishos, and then he's makdish that field v'achach mesaviv, and then his father dies. What's the significance of his father dying? By the way, because now he's yorish his father and he inherits his father, but he bought the field from his father. Now, what's going to be the difference? So, as Rashi puts out very clearly that. 
There's a difference in halacha between a stay achuza and a stay mikne. A stay achuza is a regular sadat that you inherited from your father in dine achuza, meaning Yeshua divided the land, he gave it to the shvatim, and you inherited it. It got passed down from father to son, and that's a stay achuza. It wasn't sold. You inherited it as the land, as a stay achuza. That's a stay achuza. And there's going to be a difference in halacha between that and a stay mikna. A stay mikna is basically a stay achuza, or any field that was sold. Once it was sold, it has a different shulchanar. And the difference between the two is going to be if you're makdish the field. So if you're makdish a stay achuza, again, a stay achuza is the one that you inherited from your parents and wasn't sold. You were makdish, you're stay achuza. So you still have the opportunity to redeem it and be goyalit, to redeem it from hektish for money before Yavu. But let's say you didn't redeem it. And then the Gizbar, meaning the one in charge of Hektish, the, the, the treasures of Hektish, they sold it to someone else. The halacha is that even by Yavu, it does not go back to the original owner. Because if you're Makdish Astei Achuza, basically this is what you have to know. If you're Makdish Astei Achuza, it doesn't go back to during Yavu. If you're Makdish Astei Mikna, it does. Now what's Astei Mikna exactly? So again, someone bought the field from someone else. So the Meicher sold it to the Lekeach, the buyer. That buyer went and was Makdish it gave it to Hektish, and he did not redeem it from Hektish, Yevul comes around, once Yevul comes around, now it will go back to the original owner, meaning the Meicher over here, the one who sold it to the next guy, and that guy was Makdish it, so now by Yevul, it goes back to the original owner. So basically, in short, a stay Achuza that you're Makdish does not go back to the original owner during Yevul, and a stay Mikna that you're Makdish does go back to the original owner during Yevul. So the Mishnah in Erchen says like this, How do we know if someone buys a field from his father? So you can see where this is going wrong, because, not wrong, but interesting case because it's both the stay mikna and a little bit of stay achuza because he's buying it from his father now if he just inherits it from his father when his father dies it's going to be a stay achuza but now that he bought it it's a stay mikna it's a, it's a field that was sold now we just explained there's going to be a difference as it relates to being makdashit so he was like he bought it from his father and he was makdashit but then his father died and really it was right to be passed down to him as a stay achuza but he already bought it from his father and he already was makdashit by the time his father died and therefore minayin how do I know that I'm still going to treat it like a stay achuza, that it's not going to return to him during Yevo? And I'm not going to treat it like a stay mikna, because in that day, it really is a stay mikna. He bought it from his father, and he was makdashit before it, even it was his stay achuza, because he was makdashit before his father died and became his stay achuza. So he was makdashit as a stay mikna, which does go back to him by Yevo. But no, we're going to tell you that how do we look at it like, how do you know we look at it like actually 100% a stay achuza that it's not going to go back during Yevo? Tom Lemmy, because the Pasuk says, im es de the pasuk when it's coming to tell you about a stay mikna, it's telling you a stay mikna, stay mikna say asher loy That's not a stay machuza. Meaning that's what's going to have the halacha of a stay mikna that's going to go back to yovel. What does that mean? What's a stay mikna that's not a stay achuza? So it's teaching you halacha that sadashayinu reuyali a stay achuza. It has to be a stay mikna. You want to know when it has the halacha of a stay mikna that it's not that it's going to go back to yovel to the original owner. That's when. It's a stay mikna that's not even ra'oi to be a stay achuza. Meaning it has nothing to do with a stay achuza because Meicher A sold it to Meicher B who has nothing to do with him and he's not a Yarish anyway and it's never going to be his stay achuza. That's where it's going to have the halacha of a stay mikna. which excludes this case, that's ra'oi for him. And you're right, it might not have ever been his stay achuza because he sold it before he ever inherited it. But still, no, he gave it to Heknish before he inherited it. But still, it was ra'oi to be his stay achuza. Why? Because then the day he was the Yarish of his father. And if he wouldn't have bought it from his father, he would have stopped Yarshin it when his father died, and therefore it's ra'i to be a steyachuza, and therefore we're going to look at it like a steyachuza, even though technically it's a zeymikna and it's not going to go back during Yoival. That is the shita of Rebuda Rebshimen. Remain right there. Rameir argues and says, no, we learned something else from the Pasuk. He says, How do you know that someone who buys a field from his father and then his father dies? 
And then after his father's death, he was Maknashit. So it's a very subtle difference, but it makes all the difference. That in the case before he bought it from his father. He was Maktishit before his father died, and then his father died. Over here, he bought it from his father. His father died before he was Maktishit, and then he was Maktishit. What's going to be the difference? Because when his father dies before he's Maktishit, all of a sudden it really becomes his Steachuza. So yeah, it's a Snei Meknek because he bought it from his father. But now the fact that his father died, it's Mamish, like, it's Mamish, a Steachuza. It gets transferred to him because it's still in his possession. He wasn't Maktishit yet. Then when he's Maktishit, I could hear much more. It's like being Maktishit Steachuza because in the end of the day, his father's already dead. He has all the rights, been buying it, been Yerusha, it, it gets passed ta- down to him as a Huza. And therefore, and therefore, it's going to be 100% considered like a Steachuza, technically. And I could hear much more why it would be like a Steachuza that it's not going to go back to the original owner once he's mocked this shit after this all already happens. But in the other case, we're talking about where he was mocked this shit before he ever had the rights to it as a shame, as, as a Steachuza, because he was mocked this shit before his father died. And therefore, it was never his Steachuza at the time before he was mocked this shit. So I could hear the difference. But either way, that's what Ramir says. Ramir says, this is actually what we learned from the Pazik. The case is that he buys the field from his father and then his father dies. So really, he has all the rights to it also as a steahuza, and only after that he was makdashit. So it's much more like he was makdashit steahuza. How do I know that I should consider it like a steahuza? And this makes a lot more sense that it should be considered like a steahuza. Because the Pasuk says, what do I learn from there? That the stay mikna has the halachas of a stay mikna that's going to go back during Yaival. Only if it's loy mi it's not a stay So that's teaching me that sada she'in a It's only talking about a sada that's not a stay as clearly said in the pasuk. Yatzazazu shows stay which excludes this case, which actually is a stay because he yarshined it also, and his father died before you were makdashit. So you got full rights to it as a stay as well, and then you were makdashit. So it excludes this case where you were makdashit stay That's not what the pasuk is talking about when it says safer mikna is going to go back during Yaival. So what? What do we see from here, though? That there's a machlekes between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon against Rabbi Meir. What do we learn from this pasuk? Now, what is it totally on? Because in the end of the day, the, the, the logic of the Gemara right now, as we're about to see, is that you can't take more than the pasuk's giving you. And if you had to learn one thing from the pasuk, you obviously have to take the lesser thing. So if, what, what are you going to learn from the pasuk? The pasuk's telling you that a stay mikness, a field that was sold, has the din of a stay mikna, then it's going to go back to Nevel, but not a stay achuza. Now, if you had to learn one of the things, which one would you learn? So, according to Rameir, he's going to say that all the Pasuk is teaching me, and all I could take out from this Pasuk is that a case where it is a little bit of stay mikna, but it's also a stay achuza, meaning he bought it from his father, but then his father died before he was makdashit, and therefore, it's also a stay achuza. So, I'm going to tell you in that case, it's going to have the din of a stay achuza. That's what the Pasuk is telling you. It's not going to be considered a stay mikna, because the Pasuk says, stay mikna say, asher loimi stay achuza say. That's not a stay achuza, which excludes this case that's considered a stay achuza. But who said you can learn the, uh, the bigger case from this, from this Pasuk? The case that Rabbi Yudavar Shimon brought, where he was makdashit after he bought it from his father, before his father died. So, he never inherited it as a stay achuza. Was Maktashit solely as a stay mikna. And still they were saying, we learned from this Pasuk, we're going to treat it as a stay because we're going to learn from the Pasuk, Yatsuzu, that's Ra'i to be a stay And then the day it was Ra'i, one day it would have been a stay Not that it is a stay One day it would have been a stay and therefore that's enough to consider it not a stay mikna. He's not going to get it back during Yevil. But Rameir is basically saying, how could you go, how, do you, how can you take it that far, Rabbi the Reb Shimon? And then the day, all I see from the Pasuk is, like I said, how can you tell me the bigger Kiddush? So basically, what the Gemara is saying is, 
obviously, what do we have to say? From the fact that Ramuda Rab Shimon learned the bigger Kiddush and said that this Pasuk is teaching us that even in a case where it was really a stay mikna because he never inherited it from his father because he was Makdashit before his father died and he was Makdashit as a stay mikna, even that is going to be considered like a stay ahuzah that it's not going to go back. So from the fact that Ramuda Rab Shimon are learning that Kiddush, it's mashma, that the Rameir's Kiddush would be obvious to them and they wouldn't need the Pasuk to teach them that. And Rameir said that if he was if he bought the field from his father and then his father died and really he has this field both as a stay mikna and it's also a stay ahuza now because his father died and it goes down to him and then he was mocked it's still considered like a stay ahuza Rabbi the Rebbe would say that's obvious Rameir and therefore what's the Pasuk telling me? obviously not that case because it's obvious so what's it telling me? that even if it's right to be a stay ahuza meaning in the case that he was mocked it before his father died as a stay mikna since it's right to be a stay ahuza it's still going to be considered like a stay ahuza and the Gemara speaks that out that what seems to be going on over here? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Shimon, So obviously they hold that for that case of Mace of Avachachachadisha, where the father died before he was Makdashit, and therefore he was Makdashit, once he was Makdashit, it was ready his Steahuza. So obviously they hold You don't need a Pasuk. Why? Because it's a Kal Shikane. And you don't need a Pasuk because that's 100% considered a Steahuza. Whereas Rav Meir, who learned that that's actually what the Pasuk is telling you, that in that case it still is considered like a Steahuza. So. He, that seems to be the argument here, that do we need the Pasuk to teach me that or not? So what's the Machlechus? My love, isn't there a Machlechus? There are mayor, some are kidding in a Paris, kicking in a goof dummy. The mayor holds Gishmak. The mayor holds kidding in a Paris, is kicking in a goof. Since Kinnin Paris is kicking in a goof, again, we're dealing during Yavil time. And we know that any land sold during Yavil time, doesn't matter between who, father, son, brother, sister, anything. It could be two unrelated people. Any land sold during Yavil time is essentially only a Kenyan Paris because by Yavil it's going to go back to the original owner. And therefore, if you're going to tell me that Kenyan Paris is kicking in a goof, then when he bought the field during Yavil, he has full rights to it. And we consider it as if, even though he only has the Kenyan Paris because it's during Yavil, still, it's like Kenyan Agof, like Rebbechman said. So isn't this what's going on? That Remeir holds Kenyan Paris is kicking in a goof. And therefore, when the father died, what changed? Nothing. When the father died, he didn't inherit anything more because he already had the Kenyan Paris because he bought it from his father. And Remeir would say that Kenyan Paris is kicking in a goof. And therefore, when his father died, it's not like he's inheriting also a Kenyan Agof. He owns the Kenyan Agof because his Kenyan Paris is like the Kenyan Agof. And therefore, he didn't inherit anything. And therefore, that's why I need the Pasuk to tell you it's going to be considered a Seahusa, even in the case where the father died and then he was Makdashit. Why? Because you would have thought, you would have thought, you're telling me, ah, the father died, so it's going to be considered a Seahusa. No, Ramir's going to tell you what he's talking about. The father's death didn't change anything. Because the minute he bought it from his father, he had the Kinnin Paris. Kinnin Paris is Kikinin Agof, dummy. So basically, he had the rights to all the, he had all the rights to this property. Now his father died, it didn't add anything. And therefore, when he was Makdashit, even if he was Makdashit after his father died, I hear Yitzad, maybe you want to say it's a Seahusa. No, I need the Pasuk to tell me that it's going to be considered a Seahusa. Because then the day he didn't gain anything from his father's death. And that's why Ramir says that I need the Pasuk to come and tell me even that case. I need the Pasuk to tell me that case. Then no, it's still going to be considered a Steachuza because in the end of the day his father died and he has it as a Steachuza even though technically you're right it didn't add anything. It didn't add any value. Still, it's going to be considered a Steachuza and that's how we're going to tax it. It's not going to go back to the original owners because we're going to consider it a Steachuza. Okay, but Rav Shimon and Rav Yehuda who held, Rav Yehuda Rav Shimon who held that that case is obvious, and we don't need even a pusik for that. So, what's shot? That's probably because Ramuda Reb Shimon Savri Kinyan Paris Lavka Kinyan Agov Tami. Ramuda Reb Shimon would hold that a Kinyan Paris is Lavka Kinyan Agov, and therefore this person that bought the field from his father 
Essentially, when he bought the field, it's only a Kenyan Paris, because again, we're in the times of Yoival. And since we hold Kenyan Paris is Lavke Kenyan Aguf Dami, and it's not as if you own the Kenyan Aguf, so you're lacking in your Kenyan over here. And therefore, now, when his father dies, he's inheriting the actual Kenyan Aguf. And therefore, so in the case where his father died, and then he was Makdashit, so obviously we don't need a Pasuk to tell me that's considered like a Steahuza. It is. At the end of the day, he bought it from his father. You're right, he had the Kenyan Paris. But the Kenyan Paris is not Kenyan and Aguf. So when did he hop the full rights to this property? When his father died. He inherited it as a Steahuza. So when his father's death, that is where the main inheritance kicked in for the Kenyan Aguf. And therefore, he, it, it's 100% considered a Steahuza. So why, do, why, why would I need a Pasuk exactly to tell me that this case is going to be considered a Steahuza, that it's not going to go back to Ngevel? Of course it's a Steahuza. He inherited the Kenyan Aguf from his father when his father died. This makes it a Steahuza, which passed down from the father to son. So obviously it's going to be considered a Steahuza. So if that part is obvious, what case am I going to use the Pasuk for? So where do I need the Pasuk? In the other case, where he was Makdashit, before his father died. And therefore, he bought it from his father. All he had was a kin in Paris, but he was makdashit before he ever inherited the rights to the Gulf Akarag. And therefore, it's not really a stehuza. And that's what they're going to tell you, that even though it's not technically a stehuza, you're right, because he was makdashit before it ever came into his Roshus as a stehuza. Still, we're going to learn from the Pasuk of Yatzazazu Shere'uyali a stehuza, that it, since it's Roy to be a stehuza, because technically he would have yarshined it one day if he didn't go on and buy it and sell it. So since it's right to be a stehuza, it's still going to be tax like one and it's not going to go back to your And that's what Rabbi Yudav Shimon would say we need the Pasuk for like that's what I need the Pasuk for. So what does this seem though? What's the Gemara saying? That it seems to be a Machlekes Tanam. We just saw a Machlekes between Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon against Rabbi Meir and the way we just explained Pshat Rabbi Yudav Rabbi Shimon seemed to hold that Kenyan Paris is love kicking in a goof. Like Rish Lakish. Whereas Rav Meir held that Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Aguf. That seems to be the beer in the Machlekes over here. And that would be like Rabbi Yochanan. So what? You're going to tell me that the Machlekes Amaram between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish is really an earlier Machlekes Tanoim between Rabbi Yehuda and Shimon against Rav Meir? If so, why would they be arguing in a Machlekes Tanoim? Says the Gemara. Amram Nachmar He explains that really no. It's not necessarily what's going on here the way we just explained it. Really, I can tell you that the Oyla Meimelacha Be'alma Kisavir Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon Kenyan Paris Kenyan Aguf Tami. Really, I can tell you that in general, Behuda Reb Shimon are of the opinion also that Kenyan Paris is like the Kenyan Aguf. Aye, if Kenyan Paris is like the Kenyan Aguf, then why didn't they say like her mayor? If Kenyan Paris is like the Kenyan Aguf, then when the son bought it from the father during the father's lifetime, so he bought the Kenyan Paris because it was at a time of Yoival, and you're right, the Kenyan Aguf would go back at the end of Yoival, but... Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Agof, and therefore when the father died, he didn't inherit anything. So I should need the Pasuk to tell you, even in that case, it's going to be taxed like a Steahuza, even though you're right, technically it's a Steahmikna, because he never got anything additionally from his father's death. He didn't yarshin any Steahuza aspect of it. We're going to tell you, no, it's still considered a Steahuza. So why didn't Rabbi Yudha Rabbi Shimon say like her mayor, if they really hold that Kenyan Paris is Kenyan Agof, Tommy? Because over here, it's a separate reason. Rabbi Yudha Rabbi Shimon found the Pasuk, and they felt that they could learn both things out of the Pasuk. Again, we said that the only reason, the only right that Rabbi Yudha Rabbi Shimon had to learn the bigger Chiddush from the Pasuk is because is if they held their Meir's Chiddush was obvious. But if you're going to tell me, that's assuming you could only learn one thing from the Pasuk, though. So you're obviously going to pick the smaller thing. But once they tell me that we're actually able to learn both things from the Pasuk, then everything is going to work. And we can tell you it's not necessarily a right. Really, they're going to be masking that Kenyan Paris is Kikin in a goof. Aye, so why do they learn the bigger Chiddush? Because they, they found the Pasuk and they realized they can learn both things from the Pasuk and therefore it's not 
not going to be a problem. How can they learn both things? Because the Pasuk could have just said, My misday achuzase. Why did I have to say misday achuzase? I could have just said achuzase. So that teaches me even sadeh she'ena re'uya liyos sadeh achuzase. That teaches me that it's only going to have the din of a stay miknet, that it's going to go back to Yoivo. If it's a sadeh she'ena re'uya liyos stay achuzase, if it's not right him at all as a stay achuzase, which would exclude this case. That can be eventually his steachuza, even though he bought it. But if you wouldn't have bought it and you wouldn't have sold it and you would have just waited until you yarshened it, it would have been a steachuza. In that type of situation where you're dealing with a son, it's roi to be his steachuza. And therefore, they learn from here that it's going to be taxed additionally as a steachuza. But either way, we see that really we tried to say that we had a machaikis from Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish, whether Kinina Paris is Kikinina Goftam. Rabbi Yechon had said, yeah, Rishlakish said, no. Says Is that what's going on? Is it really a machaikis Tanaim between Yehuda of Rabbi Shimon against Mayor, Rabbi the Reb Shimon would say, like Rish Lakish, that it's not Kikin in Agoftami, and the mayor seems to hold like Rabbi Yechanan that it is. Says the Gemara, no, really, everyone would agree that Kinin Paris is Kikin in Agoftami. Like who? Like Rabbi Yechanan. So, by the way, just a question should pop out right now. If Everyone agrees. We just answered the question and said, no, not necessarily. It's not a machagis tanam. Really, all the tanam we just explained are going to end up holding Kinin Paris is Kikin and Agoftami. But if that's true, then how could Reish Lakish say? Reish Lakish is an Amaira in the end of the day. He's great, but he's an Amaira. So how could he argue if every tan just came out that Kinin Paris is Kikin and Agof? How could Reish Lakish, that's like Rebekh Nanshita, how could Reish Lakish argue and say, no, it's Lav Kikin and Agof? What do you mean, Reish Lakish? All the tanam are against you. You can only say something like that as an Amaira if you have a tana backing you up. But Reish Lakish seems to have no and at the end of this sugi, if all the time are going like a Yechanan, so Tysus points that out, top Tysus, and really you're going to have to say pshat that Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Yitzchak, who just gave us this answer that everyone, meaning both Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon are going to be maskim, that Kinin Paris is Kikin and Agoftami. So Tysus explained, top Tysus, that really it's the Chuyi Ba'almahu. Rabbi Nachman Rabbi was just slugging up that, that proof of the Gemara, and trying, when the Gemara tried to say, and it seems to be, isn't this the only pshat that it's a Machlekes Tanoim, really, what's going on? So Rabbi Nachman Rabbi is saying, no, not necessarily. It's not Muchach, because I can tell you the opposite. And I can tell you in this case that really technically everyone's able to agree. It's still going to work if everyone agrees that Kinnin Paris is Kikinin Agof. But he doesn't actually mean to say that all the Tanaim hold that. Why? Because if you really tell me that Rabbi Yehuda holds Kinnin Paris is Kikinin Agof over here, it's not true though. Because Taisus brings down Rabbi Yehuda Isleba Achevel in Parakach Chevel and Babakama. He holds by a certain situation that Kikinin Agof. I mean, that Kinnin Paris is sorry, Lav Kikinin Agof. So that would go against what Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak just explained that Rabbi Yehuda is masking here and that other day that Kinnin Paris is Kikinin Agof. No, we know. Shita from Babakama that Rabbi Huda himself holds Kinnin Paris' love Kikin in Agov. So Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak is just saying that as a Dechuyah Ba'alman, just to show you that it's not Mucha from what you're saying, that that's the Machlekes over here, because I could really work it out, even if they all hold on one side, and they all hold Kinnin Paris' is Kikin in Agov to me. But he doesn't actually mean to tell you that all the Tanoim actually hold that. He's just slugging up your question, showing you why it's not Muchach. It's not, it's not the only way to work out the situation. It's not true. But he does not mean to say that all the Tanoim hold that. And therefore, it's not going to be such an issue in Rishlakish. Rishlakish is still able to say that Kinnin Paris is Lavki Kinnin Agufdami because it's not true that all the Tanoim say the opposite. Either way, he continues the Gemara. Amr Abiyasi. said like this. If not for the fact that Rabbi Yechanan held and was of the opinion that Kinnin Paris is Kikinin Agufdami, then he wouldn't be able to find his hands in his feet, meaning he would be really stuck in the base of Why? Because Rabbi Asi quoted in the name of Rib, sorry, Rabbi Asi. Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Asi quoted in the name of Rabbi Yechanan himself. Meaning brothers who got a Yerusha from their father and they split it up. They are considered like Lekuchos. They have the din of buyers that bought it away, that bought it from each other. 
What would be the significance of that? They would all split it back and give it back to each other by Yovel and re-split everything. What does that show us? This is a Rechon and Shita in a Sugi of Breira. He holds Ein Breira. It can't be Hovrer HaDavar Lemafreya that that's the part he was Yairish and therefore every Yovel we have to re-split it and it goes back because Ein Breira. This is a Rechon and Shita that Ein Breira. But that's not our Sugi for now. One thing we see from Rechon is that since he holds that Kenyan Paris is Kenyan and Gavtami, it's going to make sense with the Shita. That's what Rechon is saying. If not for the fact that he said Kenyan Paris is Kenyan and Gavtami, he would be really stuck, says Rechon. Why? Because since Rechon holds over there Ein Breira, if you're going to tell me not that way, and if Rabbi Yechanan happened to have hold like Rishlakish, that Kenyan Paris is lav kikinin al-Guftami, then after Rabbi Yechanan told us that achen that achen that inherited land are considered like Lekuchas and they're going to be master to each other, they're going to give it back by Yovel to each other and they're going to re-split it, it's not going to make any sense because if Rabbi Yechanan held lav kikinin al-Guftami, the only way you would have someone who brings Bikurim and is Kairi, Rash explains, and reads the psukim, the only type of person ever, according to Rebbe we'll work it out in a second, we'll explain why, but according to Rebbe the only type of person ever who would bring Bikurim and read the psukim would be a Ben Achar Ben, where there was only one son from Yeshua bin Nun up until his generation, where he had one son, and then he had one son, and then he had one son, it was never sold, and it was inherited down and down and down and down, one son, the son of one, another son, another, no brothers ever since Yeshua bin Nun, that's the only type of person who would ever be able to Bring Bikurim and read the Psukim. Now, why? Because if Reb Yechanan held that Kinnin Paris is Lavke Kinnin Agavtami, which he doesn't, again, we're saying it makes sense because of Ashita. Why? Because if he didn't hold that, and he holds that, and he held like Rishlakish, that Kinnin Paris is Lavke Kinnin Agavtami, then what? Then in any situation where a father died, left over his Steachuz, but there was more than one son, all of a sudden, Rabbi Yechanan told us, Ha'achin Shachalku Lukuchasin. Umachzirin Zabiyavel, they're considered Lukuchas. Meaning what? They only have a Kinnin Paris. Because it's going to go back by Yavel. So the Gufa Karka doesn't, in- doesn't essentially belong to them. It doesn't inherently belong to them. It's going to go back during Yavel. So all brothers, as soon as there were two brothers, they're considered the Kuchas. They yarshan them from their father, the Seyachuzah. But they're going to re-split it during Yavel. And therefore, all they have, since we're talking about Yavel over here, is a Kenyan Paris. So now that Rabbi Yechanan told us Kenyan Paris is Kekinin Aguftami, I understand. So it makes a lot of sense why they can bring Bikurim and read the Psukim. Because since all they have is a Kenyan Paris, technically, because again, it's going to go back during Yavel to the brothers and it's going to get re-split. So all they have right now before Yovel is a Kenyan Paris. So I understand if Rabbi Echelen tells me that it is Kenyan Agav and it's 100% like they are the owners, that's why they can come and read the Pesukim Adam Ashenasatali. But if he didn't hold that, it would be really bad because if he held that Kenyan Paris is Lav Kenyan Agav Dami, then it's not like he actually owns the, own, the, whole, the whole property in a case where Yarshin did with his brother because another day by Yovel it's going to get re-split. So all you have is a Kenyan Paris. Kenyan Paris is Lav Kenyan Agav according to this and if it's Lav Kenyan Agav you can't read the Pesukim. So what, the only one who ever, the whole parsha in the Torah about reading all the psukim, Satali, Arami Oyvedavi, all the psukim about Bikurim. You're going to tell me the only people who ever are shaykh to that Bechlal is a Ben Achar Ben with no brothers, Mimais Yeshua Benun? That's not possible. And therefore, Rabbi Asi just says, Rabbi Yosef says that this makes a lot of sense. This is very Lashitas, Rabbi Echanan, over here, who holds Kinyan Paris is Kikinin Agavtami, and therefore, even though Ha'achen and therefore, they technically only have the rights of the Kinyan Paris in their state, Ahuza, if they split it with their brothers, because by Yevil it's going to get re split, still, it's okay, and they can still read the Psukim. Why? Because Kinyan Paris is Kikinin Agavtami, and their Kinyan Paris is as if they own the whole property, Kinyan Agav, and therefore, they can read the Psukim that say, Ha'adamash and Asatali. Amar Rava. Rava says like this. I have a pasuk in the Braiso that seemed to be a riot to Rish Lakish, who holds Kenyan Paris is lav kikin and Why? 
Because, Kral, first of all, the Pasuk is that, the Pasuk says, So, uh, about selling land. How much are you supposed to charge? How much are you going to charge? How does the market work if when you sell a land and Yovel is coming up, it's just going to go right back? No one's going to pay full price for that property. So, the Tire is telling you, what you should do is, and it makes a lot of sense, that you sell the land and how much do you charge according to how many years are left. And the Tire tells you, The years of the Tvuais, that's how... That's how much the price should be based on how many years till Yavel. Because if there's one year left to Yavel, so this guy knows he's only buying it for a year. And he's only going to get the Tua of a year. If there's 50 years left to Yavel, then you haven't for another 50 years. Obviously, you're going to pay a lot more for that. So, but what do we see? That the price is depending on Shnei Tvuais. The amount of the Tua, you're buying it for the Tua, the Tua of that year. So, it seems to me like Rish Lakish that Kenyan Peirais is Lafka Kenyan Aguf. The only thing you're buying when you buy that field, and the Torah is telling you what to charge for it, but according to the Years, but the only thing you're buying is Shaykh to the Tvua. That's Reish Lakish. That the only thing you have over here is the Kinin Paris because you're buying it for the X amount of years to use the Tvua. Rashi says that we see that you're buying the Tvua from the Lashon of the Pasuk. Like, Tvua. The years of the Tvua, meaning all you're getting from the property is the Tvua because you're buying the rights to the Tvua for X amount of years. That's clearly like Reish Lakish. That's the Pasuk that's like Reish Lakish. So what's the Brisa? That seems to also be a right to Reish Lakish. A Bechar gets Pishnaim. He gets double portion also by Avasade that goes back to his father by Yovel. Now, what's this idea? What's this talking about? So, we know a Bechar gets Pishnaim. He gets double the amount as everyone else. Now, that's only true by Nechasim that are Mitsuyin, that are considered Muxik, that, that, that they're Muxik, and the Nechasim that they actually have. But what about Nechasim that are Reuyin to the father, that they're just Roy, meaning someone owes the father money, and then the father dies. So the father died right now. Any Nechasim that they have, any Nechasim that the father had at that point, and he was Muxik in, so that the Bahar is going to get Pishnai. But if someone owed the father money and he comes five years later and pays that loan, so that's considered only Roy, and the Bahar is going to get split it with everyone else, equal pot, equal share, and he's not going to get Pishnaim of that. But this price tells us that a Bechar gets Pishnaim even after his father dies of a Sada that comes back later. So let's say his father dies before Yoival. Now by Yoival, a field comes back that the father sold. By Yoival, it comes back to the family. The Bechar is still going to get Pishnaim from that. Aye. They weren't Muxik in it. What do you mean? It only came back now after the father's death. Why is the Bechar getting Pishnaim? So obviously if you work it out like Rish Lakish, it's going to work because Rish Lakish said that the person who bought it didn't own the whole property. He only owned the Kinin Paris. And Kinin Paris is Lavka Kinin Aguf according to Rish Lakish. And therefore who owned the Kinin Aguf the whole time? The Yarshin. The Yarshim owned the Kenyan Aguf. That means they owned it as soon as the father died. It wasn't considered Ro'i. It wasn't considered something coming in as the payment for a loan in the future. It was actually Muxik. They had the Kenyan Aguf. They just rented it out to this guy and he had the rights to the Paris. But since it was available at the time, it was a Kenyan Aguf over there. So that's why. It's not something coming later. It's not Ro'i. It's considered Muxik. It's considered like they had it at the time of the father's death because they had the Kenyan Aguf. Because the one who bought it only had the Kenyan Paris and the Kenyan Paris is Lavka Kenyan Aguf. And therefore, it makes sense, very much sense, according to Rish Lakish, who holds Kenyan Paris is why the Bechor would get Pishnaim with his field, Achayzeres, by Yoival, even after the father's death. Says the Gemara, ends off the parak. Amr Abayabai says, Naktina. We have a Masar. The Allah is like this. A husband, if he wants to go to court to represent his wife, if there's some arguments about the property, about her nechasim, the Allah is harsha. He needs consent from her that he can represent her and be tovea for her in court and represent her in court. But this was only true. When he's not going down, and he didn't go down to deal with anything as relates to the pairs, because we know the Menachasim he has the rights to the 
Perus of the property, and the Nechsi Meluk, she owns the Kinyan Aguf. So if he's only going down and talking about the Kinyan Aguf and dealing with that, so that's where he's going to need an Arsha. But where he's not going down to actually deal with any of the Perus, but if he's going down to also have claims, if he also has claims about the Perus, then Migu the Mishtai Dina Apere, Mishtai Dina Agufa. So he has a Migu now that since he has rights to handle in court about the Perus, because that is his and that he has Shaykhs to, and he doesn't need permission from her, so since he's going down for the Paris, he also has the right to handle about the field itself, the Kenyan Agov, that technically belongs to her. And by the way, why, why, why does he need permission? Because again, the one that he's fighting against in court is able to say, Lav baldvarm didiat. You're not my baldvarm. What do you mean? This field belongs to your wife. I'm not handling with you in court. That's why he needs a rasha. But now we're saying that, no, if he's also, if he also has claims right now about the Paris itself, then that, of course, he's a baldvarm on. He's a baldvarm on the Paris because the Paris go to him. He has the Kenyan of Paris. And therefore, he, Migu, that he has the Kenyan Paris and he's able to handle about that, he could also handle with the guy in court. And he has the right. The person can't say to him, I'm I'm not talking to you. You're my, not my baldvarm. No, since he's your baldvarm as it relates to the Paris, he's also going to be able to handle you in, in court about the gufa karka itself. And on that note, hadrin alach, the very intense parak hashelech.